Well, good morning. Um, I always start by saying good morning, and the reality is that by the time you listen to this, it might be good afternoon, or maybe even good evening. But whatever it is, it's good to be able to come together in this way, and sometimes when I do this, uh, I sort of imagine that I'm sort of with you all, and as I'm talking, I'm still looking round and imagine imagine each of your, your faces. So uh, it seems strange, but it is good. This morning, we're going to look at Psalm 129. We don't really know the full background but we do have a, a little bit of background to this psalm it's probably written just after israel have been re- released from bondage or judah have been released from bondage in babylon and at that time they were gradually returning back to jerusalem and turning back to what had previously been the normalities of life this psalm speaks of what there's an ongoing struggle against continual oppression. He and his nation have been in bondage, and even when they returned to Jerusalem, they were still surrounded by opposition. And the psalmist knows that the answer is beyond his ability. But what he can do is, first of all, he accepts the persecution. He knows that by God's help, some benefit will come from it. He doesn't know how or when, but he commits it to the Lord. In other words, he prays. He starts the psalm with, They have greatly oppressed me from my youth, let Israel say. Here he's persevering and has persevered for a long period of time with this continual oppression. And it's not just him, it's the nation. And then he repeats the first few words, really, just to emphasize this. He says, They have greatly oppressed me from my youth, but they have not gained the victory over me. The fact that he repeats it, as I said, tells us of the importance of the statement And he's also telling us the battle is not over. He hasn't given in. And he knows that the victory will come. And the psalm goes on. We return again to the the agricultural theme where he says, Plowmen have plowed my back and made my furrows long. This is very dramatic. And it reminds us of something that Jeremiah said when he prophesied in chapter 26 and it's verse 18 of Jeremiah. Micah of Moraseth prophesied in the days of Hezekiah, king of Judah. He told all the people of Judah, this is what the Lord Almighty says, Zion will be plowed like a field, Jerusalem will become a heap of rubble and the temple hill a mound overgrowing with thickets and this happened when the babylonians took judah into captivity so this was the prophecy against jerusalem the people have been treated harshly and also been treated like dirt by the surrounding nations and the psalmist goes on but the lord is righteous he has cut me free from the cords of the wicked so what he's telling us here is that He trusts in the righteousness of the Lord. He trusts that the Lord will do the right thing. And in doing so, the Lord has been keeping him and has kept him 
from the influence of those who are unfaithful to God. Then he goes on. May all who hate Zion be turned back in shame. May they be like grass on the roof which withers before it can grow. A reaper cannot fill his hands with it, nor one who gathers fill his arms. This, uh, the word may, which he starts off with in this little part of the psalm, precedes a request for permission. It's a request that God would deal with those who hate him and that his nation and hate his nation and, and that they would be ashamed and turn. Turn where? Well, turn away from their evil ways and turn to God. The reference to the grass on the roof reminds us of the parable that Jesus spoke, uh, the parable of the sower in Matthew 13, verses 5 to 6. And this is what he says about some of the seed. Some fell on the rocky places where it didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. So, just like the psalmist here, talking about the, the grass that grows on the roof, there's no root. And if there's no root, there's no fruit. And he goes on and finishes with these lines. May who pass by not say to them, the blessings of the Lord be on you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Blessings don't just come. The important blessings are the blessings that come from the Lord. That's what he's saying here. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 12. I think this is summed up, or this psalm is summed up by Peter. When he says this, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. So I think that's a really good psalm, and it's a really good passage from 1 Peter to encourage us through these troubled times, the times of the coronavirus, they will pass. And we will be back at church and back together. And we can look forward to that and we can rejoice. And then life goes on. So there'll be fresh issues that we'll need to deal with. And who do we go to? We go to the Lord. And how do we do that? We pray. And we do it all in the name of Jesus. And I want us just to think um, along these lines for today, uh, to pray for the persecuted church. We go through our problems, but there are many, many Christians throughout the world who are suffering a lot worse than we are. And they accept their situation. And they pray for the people who persecute them. So let us pray for them. Let's pray for those who seek to help them. The work of the Barnabas Fund and Open Doors. So let's just commend ourselves to prayer now. Oh, Father, we do thank you for your word and for the encouragement that it can be. These Psalms that were written so long ago, but people were in real situations and they wrote the truth about what was happening to them and how they turned to you. And Father, may we be encouraged to do this in our situation and then to continue as we go forward to bring these things before you, the good things and the bad things. And our Father, we just ask that throughout the day, you will remind us of our brothers and sisters who are suffering and hurting in other countries where there's great persecution. And that we might remember the work of Barnabas and Open Doors. 
Now, Father, just guide us in our thoughts and our prayers as we spend this, these few moments together in your presence and that you will go on with us as you have promised. We go in the name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, and we ask these things in his name. Amen. Well, thanks again. It's It's been good to be able to uh, talk to you. And as I said at the beginning, it might be morning, it might be afternoon, it might be evening, it might even be tomorrow morning. I don't know. <laughs> but whenever it is, may God bless you. And uh, I'll be back tomorrow and we can gather again around God's word as we spend our time. We're going to look again in, in Mark's gospel. So, uh, bye for now, but every blessing. And we can all say, Amen to that. Amen.